welcome. I'm your host, Justin Crow, Vice President of Education Programs and Partnerships at Providence. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for info purposes only. If you have any medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or your healthcare professional. Now let's begin. So joining me today in this live event is Shanika Dale, personal counselor at Providence High School in Burbank, and two Providence High School students, Ava Tibbs and Elise Sanchez. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. So a little bit of context before we start. I um, wanted to highlight that Providence High School is an independent Catholic high school in Burbank, California. And Work to Be Well is a digital wellness and empowerment program focused on positively impacting the emotional well-being of teens and promoting mental health. And the, the tie between those two is the folks on the, on the call today with us have been able to create two curriculum modules for Work to Be Well. So when you go to the Work to Be Well site, uh, you can find curriculum free curriculum and, and various programs and tools that can be used to help educate teens about mental health and wellness. And our goal really overall for work to be well is to bridge the conversation around some of these difficult topics and to partner with experts to provide access to credible resources, including crisis lines, clinical experts, and other educational resources. So with that, why don't we go ahead and get started? So Shanika, I'm gonna start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at Providence High School? And what motivated you to, to, to get involved in this curriculum for the 2020-2021 school year? Yes, I'm the personal counselor for Providence High School and I provide personal, social and emotional support to students. And I also support families. I'm also involved in various support programs for students. Um, I would say before the pandemic, before we went bold online, we were aware of what our students needed, what our families needed, um, and we were still learning through that process. And during the pandemic, we were able to, I would say, gain knowledge of a deeper level of the needs of our students and families. Um, the circumstances are unfortunate, being in a pandemic, being in a national protest, but we are grateful for the knowledge that we did learn. And so with that information, we felt the need to respond. And now that we have that deeper understanding, um, I feel honored to work with our assistant head of school, Allison Castro, and while we're partnering with work to be well to develop the curriculum that is much needed during these times. Oh, that's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about the two modules that you're working on. And why do you think these, these, um, these particular curriculum modules are so critical for students at this time? I think you referenced it a little bit, but. Yes. So the first module I'll talk about is structural racism and intergenerational trauma. Um, this module focuses on educating students on what structural racism is, how intergenerational trauma is related to that and it will allow students to explore their own racial identity, especially given what's happening in our society right now. Um, the second module is critical conversations, and it focuses on equipping students with effective tools on communicating um, more successfully through those really hard conversations. And we like to call them, you know, having a heart to heart. 
So we, our goal is to provide those tools so that they can have successful heart-to-heart -heart conversations with their peers, their parents, families, and other people. Um, I would say the curriculum is vital right now. Um, our students definitely need the support and the tools going forward, especially what we're experiencing right now. We think that the social skills are essential and that they, what they learn now, they can take into their adult life and implement it there. Um, and I just wanna add that the curriculum as we're working on it um, with Work To Do Well, it will be available for free. You know, Shanika, you're cutting out a little bit. Uh, this is uh, one of the challenges in the pandemic with uh, bandwidth. But I, I think maybe you were saying it'll be available in October. Is that correct on the Work to Be Well site? Yes, we're working on it um, the next couple of months. Um, and it will be available for free for students and schools on the Work to Be Well website. Well, that's great. I mean, it seems like two time, really timely topics. So what, what information and, and skills do we want students to walk away with? What's, what's the anticipated impact from your perspective? So with structural racism and intergenerational trauma, um, we are hoping that they can truly explore their own racial identity. Um, this will allow them to learn um, become more aware of the conscious and unconscious um, systems that are in place that reinforce injustice, that reinforce racism um, for racial groups. And with a racial identity, they can learn more about themselves, how they have become to be who they are and to understand how others have come to be who they are. Um, we're also hoping that they become agents of change. So explore, when they're exploring, having that exploration of their racial identity and that self-reflection, they can decide, how will I go out in the world and make a difference? What will I participate in that will make a positive change? Um, they can make those personal decisions on how they will interrupt um, racism. And with critical conversations, um, the goal is for them to become effective communicators. We believe that that is very important for students um, and that, you know, the social skill to carry on into their adult life. Um, and we believe that social skills have a direct impact on their self-esteem and their mental health. Well, that's great. Thank you. Ava, let's talk a little bit about the critical conversations curriculum. Um, what What's the link between that and the student's mental health from your perspective? Well, um, things like structural racism are, structural racism is the foundational trauma of this country. And we have to be able to, first of all, identify that. Um, there's been a lot of pain for Black students, Black people in general, or people of color in general, actually. Um, and we have to understand that, you know, it actually goes both ways. Uh, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of guilt that hasn't been addressed for uh, white people 
And we have to understand the way our society works, the way it distributes reward, punishment, um, wealth, economic status, um, and you know how it affects people of color or minorities. So understanding things like that and being able to have conversations with each other might help us to better understand like how to move forward in our, in our lives. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it feels like this this is a topic that can be difficult to 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 talk about as well for for a variety of reasons and and so having having some tools around how to have a critical conversation could be really important for folks as well. Right. And as a student, uh, a student of color, it makes you feel unimportant or almost like you're nothing when you spend your whole school life learning about or glorifying even people like Christopher Columbus and ignoring injustices that people of color have to face their whole lives. Well, thank you. Elise, what, what's your perspective on the Critical Conversations curriculum? I would say that when having critical conversations, um, for a lot of students and just for people in general, it's hard to figure out how to start those critical conversations. And I think that with the tools that this curriculum will provide, our community, it'll be easier for people to start having these conversations with their peers and their families so that once they're, they have knowledge about these subjects, they'll actually be able to carry out these conversations effectively. That's fantastic. So Elise, I'll start with you this time. Um, this is obviously a time of, of, of social justice movements. I think Black Lives Matter is the most predominant right now, but there's also all this uncertainty from COVID-19. It, it's a challenging time. So how do these curriculum themes connect with your current needs or experiences? Right, well, as you said, um, it's been obvious that many social justice movements have been very active in 2020. And I think that it is important for us to bring these topics into our school curriculum so that we as a Providence community can be proactive in this fight for justice. And I think right now, um, a lot of people are just be starting to get educated on the past of racism and on the past of these movements that have lasted for many years. And I think that um, in relation to COVID-19, I would say that many people need to be educated about COVID-19 too and realize the risk that going out has on them and on people around them. So I think that this curriculum not only educates um, people about movements like Black Lives Matter and pandemics like COVID-19, but it also allows us to be proactive in um, executing a way, in executing a curriculum that will be beneficial in the lifetime of students. Oh, thank you. Ava, what's your perspective on that? Right, yeah, and it'll also help students learn how to communicate with one another, uh, one another. So if you don't know too much about the Black Lives Matter movement and you're able to educate yourself on it or if this curriculum gets put in place, we'll be able to have better conversations with each other and we'll be more compassionate towards one another. And like Elise said, it's, um, it's really dangerous, COVID-19, and I'm not sure how many people are aware of how life-threatening it is. So if we were to, you know, become more aware of how dangerous it is and 
you know, things like that, it'll definitely help slow the spread. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, I love the the practical nature of this. You know, I'm just thinking of my own education when I was a student. You know, I don't think we we weren't really trained on how to have critical conversations. And so when when challenging topics come up that I think we need to discuss as individuals in society, I think sometimes we weren't prepared for it. At least my generation. So I, I kind of I love kind of what both of you have highlighted there. Um, what why don't we go to the the next one? So. This, Ava, let's start with you on this. So what do you think is the, the value of discussing structural racism as part of school curriculum? I think you've talked about this a little bit, but in, maybe you could tie in particular the tie to mental health. Uh, and that, that may be a connection that, that folks uh, haven't personally made. Well, for me personally, I, I said this a bit earlier, um, it definitely, you see historical figures and you don't see a lot of yourself, you know? Uh, people of color, you know, sometimes aren't as represented as much. So when you get that much, when you get that kind of an education, it's hard to see how much you have contributed or how much you can contribute. Um, but it's, you know, the more you talk about it, the more you talk about things like um, structural racism, the more it's easy to understand or the like the less uncomfortable you'll get with it when when you have when it's brought up or when you experience it in your life that makes sense at least uh, what's your perspective on that i would say that a lot of people that have or do suffer from structural racism tend to feel alienated from a group and i think that by teaching this uh Providence or at many other institutions, it'll form more of a sense of community and unison as people, well, just knowing that people are educated about what you might be going through will always make somebody feel better. And I think that just knowing that there is some relevance to this thing going on in your life that other people will take the time to learn about it and be educated on it. I think it'll be very valuable to the mental health of students and people that might be suffering from this racism and intergenerational trauma. And as I said before, we'll bring a sense of, com of a better community into um, the Providence community. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Uh, this, uh, you know, I find these two curriculums really exciting and, and particularly the structural racism. I think that's a topic that until recently we haven't spent a lot of time in as a society. And then kind of really understanding that that, that has an impact on people's mental health. I, I think that's an even broader step that our society hasn't historically recognized. I think it's amazing that students are, are creating this. Um, Shanika, I know you dropped out earlier in the back. Anything you would kind of add with respect to the, the structural racism curriculum? Um, sure. I think that it's important for for our students to become educated on it so that they can have that self-reflection. Um, I think that with those conversations, um, with those challenging conversations rather, um, it can really shift dynamics in the home, dynamics with their peers. Um, people can learn a deeper understanding of each other. So the relationships, um, the friendships, and dynamics will be challenged, I believe, in a healthy way. And I also believe that it can strengthen um, those bonds as well. 
because of the deeper understanding that we would have for one another, what the students um, will feel comfortable sharing with each other or learn to become comfortable sharing their thoughts and their feelings and their voice about these concerns and their own racial identity, especially in society today. Thank you. Elise, returning to you for, for a second. So we talked about critical conversations earlier. How, as you've been a part of creating this, how, how do you hope that this, what is the impact that you hope this has for students, not only for your peers, but for students across the United States? I think um, one impact that I definitely hope it has is just giving students a comfort and being able to start these conversations. I, I from my own experience, when having these critical conversations, um, most of the time, the hardest part for me is being able to start them. What is the first thing that I should say? And I think that is a, a tool that this curriculum teaches that for me is the most important because sometimes you might know what you want to talk about, but just that first sentence is the hardest part. So I think that um, that specific tool is the part that will have the biggest impact on students in having these conversations. That's a really good call out. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. That the first sentence you say is often the hardest and the most challenging. Exactly. Hey, but um, what, from your perspective, like what, what do you hope the impact will this of critical conversations will be? I think once we're able to start having these conversations with each other in school, it'll allow us to have these conversations at home or with um, other friends that don't go to the same school as us. Um, and you can carry that on throughout your entire life and you can help that, you can let that help you make decisions in your life. I just think that conversations are the start. And like Elise said, sometimes it's really hard to start those conversations. So once we can get it started, it'll just snowball. That's great, thank you. It's so important in our society where I think as a society, we're having trouble talking with each other. There's so much disagreement right now and, and the basic ability to have a conversation uh, is honestly challenging. So it's a very relevant time. So Shanika, let's let's turn back to you for a second. How would you encourage teens that are facing critical conversations today at home or with their peers? Um, what words of wisdom would you give them? So our upcoming curriculum strongly encourages our students to, um, to prepare for those really hard conversations. Um, and a guide will be provided in the curriculum. And preparing looks like um, taking the time to really think about what it is that you need to communicate, what your needs are, what you're hoping the outcome is, um, thinking about when and where to have this conversation um, with the person that the person that you need to talk to, um, what it looks like to go forward after that conversation. You know that could be setting goals or coming to an agreement. Um, Ava, what do? Uh, how would you in encourage other teens? You know, whether talking with students or with their parents. I just think that again, like once we get the conversation started, um, you know, even in small groups in our school it'll help them become more comfortable and they'll be able to talk about anything with their families. The more and more we talk about it, especially in a place like school, the more and more they'll be able to have those conversations on their own. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Elise, anything you would add? 
I would definitely have to agree with Ava. I would say, although we spend so much time with our families and we might be so close to them, sometimes having these conversations with them is even harder than having them with our peers. So I think um, being able to start these conversations in school um, will give us the tools that we need to have these conversations with right. our families. And there's a lot of teens that have a lot of different views than their parents. Um, so it might be harder for them to have these conversations, but maybe this will help, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Ava. I mean, I think as I've as I've talked with with students, that's that's something that's come up uh, many times of kind of the the challenge of talking with parents, and and sometimes it's around mental health challenges because you know different generations have different perspectives on that, and it, sometimes it's about racism. So I think that's a really great point. You'll, at least anything else you would add on that? Not, not of now. I'll be thinking though. Oh, that sounds good. So as we as we start school this fall, and I know Providence High School has already started, um, Shanika, I'll, I'll direct this question at you. What kinds of conversations and dialogue do you hope that these curriculum tools will provide uh, for, for Providence High School staff and students, and then even more broadly across California and the United States? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, first, I would say creating a safe environment for our students um, is vital and supporting our staff in implementing the curriculum. We're hoping for informative conversations. We're hoping for that personal growth for our students. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ava, what would you say to that? What kind of conversations and dialogue do you hope that these provide? Well, you know, we are, we focus on the Catholic faith. And I think it's really important that we connect th these conversations in our religion classes. Uh, we always, um, every morning, we talk about the values that we have, caring about the poor and vulnerable in our communities. Um, so I think that it's important to connect and because, um, you know, we always talk about living our faith. We don't want to say we're Catholic without living the Catholic faith. So um, I think it's important to have these tough, decision, these tough conversations because that is all we learn about religion. Jesus went through it in his life. He had many tough conversations and we can't say we're Catholic without having these conversations as well. It's a really good tie. I wouldn't have thought of that. Thank you. Elise, um, you know, turning to you, what, what kinds of conversations and dialogue would you like to see this upcoming term? Well, as Michelle said before, I think the most important thing is definitely starting off with a safe environment where students feel like they can have these critical conversations or else no progress will be made in using a curriculum like this. And I also think that one super important thing is that we will start implementing a curriculum that will purely just educate and inform students because I think that everybody needs to be informed and educated before these critical conversations can take place and be proactive. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Shanika, as you know, one as we think about um, 
the work that you've done, obviously you've been in an interesting situation because you, you've actually been creating the curriculum. And so it's probably when you try to create or teach something, you often have to think about that in a different way than when you're consuming it. Um, so, you know, what, what, are, what are some insights that you took from actually creating the curriculum that maybe you didn't expect when you started? Um, I would say for me personally that I, I was able to realize a lot of the things that we consider common sense, um, a lot of people don't have those, those basic tools. Um, so looking into the curriculum for what does it look like to have a successful conversation, um, just realizing so many different helpful and productive ideas to help people really ground themselves and go forward in confidence with, with those really hard conversations. Um, I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised to see how much um, information is out there and how many resources are available. Um, so I really feel like we're able to pull from a lot of amazing resources with um, the module for critical conversations. Um, and with structural racism and intergenerational trauma, again, there's so much information out there. And um, I was able to learn a lot about my own racial identity just reading um, about um, the topics and pouring um, or pulling information from there into the curriculum. That's great. Thank you. One one final question. So uh, for Ava and Elise, so is, obviously we you've created this uh, curriculum in Providence High School in California. I mean, do you see this? Uh, and you mentioned Ava that in this is obviously a, an independent Catholic high school. So do you see this as applicable to students across the United States? You know, whether you're in LA or in a rural area or you know wherever you are. Of course, yes. Of course, everything that's happening in this country affects all of us in one way or another. And every all the history in this country is our shared history. So it's important to remember that and understand that you can't forget that. And I wanna add that having these conversations will foster um, more curiosity for students and families even. Um, once we start having conversations, maybe people will wanna go off on their own and look up more information on whatever they've learned and share that with others. So the more we continue that, the more people will learn. I would just second what Ava said. I think that people all over this country suffer from structural racism and this intergenerational trauma. And I think that these are critical conversations that should be happening everywhere. And if we're able to educate and inform as many students as we can, we'll be able to make the most progress. That's fantastic. Thank you. I, I think just listening to both of you, it's so encouraging. Um, you know, someone who's in the workforce today, that you are the generation coming forward and that you are going to be agents of change that are going to take us, I think, socially to a place that, that we want to be, that maybe we're not there yet. So I hope folks on that are, are watching this on Facebook feel encouraged, because I certainly feel encouraged talking with you. So I, I think we're almost out of time. So I, I just want to thank all of you for, for joining us today. And I want to thank everyone for listening and sending in your questions. Um, to learn more about our initiatives and our programs and the services that we have going on, um, you know, or if, even if you're looking for medical advice, please visit providence.org. 
And to make, make sure you follow us on social media at Providence for Twitter and Providence Health System on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. And for curriculum, so this curriculum will be available in October, but you can find existing free curriculum and tools on worktobewell.org. And you can also find information about Providence High School um, by looking at Providence High School in Burbank, California. So thank all of you uh, for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day.